0: Welcome to Climate Briefs, a super quick summary of all the things that matter for the climate in 2021. I ask a simple question, our experts give us a succinct answer, because everyone likes a tight brief. Eloise Gibson, welcome to Climate Briefs. Hello. Eloise, you've got 60 seconds, maybe more, to tell us what's the difference between carbon and methane.
1: Well, um, does it help if I start by saying what methane is? Yes. So methane is this gas that comes from swampy kind of places. So methane is what happens when uh, vegetable matter, kind of organic stuff, breaks down in the absence of oxygen. So Uh, one of the places it gets made in New Zealand is in landfills. When you chuck away your compost, it goes to landfill, gets covered up, uh, there's no air, and it breaks down and produces methane. You find it under the ground uh, when organic matter has broken down thousands of years ago and it's made oil or coal. um, And then the the methane's trapped down there with it as well and that gets released when we drill for oil and gas sometimes. Uh, And, of course... What we always talk about in New Zealand is that it gets made in the guts of cows and sheep. So when they break down grass and hay and other food in their guts, there's no oxygen in in their gut and they get a build-up of hydrogen, which joins together with a carbon atom, one carbon to four hydrogen, and makes methane and the cow gets rid of that by burping it out um, into the air. Uh, and when we talk about the difference between the two gases, what we're really talking about most of the time these days is their difference and um, how much they heat the planet.
0: Why does it matter? Why does why do we care about methane? We never used to.
1: We never used to. Well, we never used to care about any greenhouse gases, right? I mean, you know, we moved into New Zealand um, and felled the entire native forest covering the country so that we could. Make farms and grow food, so you know we just didn't know about any of this stuff. Um, and and methane, I think, probably has been a bit of a late comer to the to the climate change conversation in some ways. It's been very very hot topic um, the last maybe five or ten years, but before that, you know, it was all about carbon dioxide. Um, at least in my perception of the the popular mm. conversation. I think you're right So we care in New Zealand because it is a Unusually big proportion of our greenhouse gas profile. So, the big greenhouse gas globally is carbon dioxide, uh, and there's a lot more of it than there is of the other gases, such as methane, and that's from our industrial processes. So, cars, smokestacks, um, you know, heavy industry, all of the stuff that you associate with with global warming, mm-hmm. and Methane is a a smaller part of the global profile, but in countries like New Zealand that have got a lot of cows and sheep per head of human, and, you know, per car, per smokestack, we have a lot of livestock, it's a big proportion of the issue. So we in New Zealand spend a particularly big amount of time talking about methane, you know, how much it matters relative to carbon dioxide and what we should do.
0: And what? Well, let, let's come to the what should we do, but tell us about when it goes into the atmosphere, because there's a difference in the way that it sits and breaks down in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide does, and that's quite a critical yeah, difference.
1: It is critical. So carbon dioxide sticks around <laughs> basically forever. So if you're talking about you know human time scales and, and the future generations that we think about when we plan for climate action. Carbon dioxide that we put out today never goes away. Unless you plant a tree or find some fancy technology to suck it back in, its effect on heating the planet isn't going to stop. It stays there. Uh, Methane is a bit different. When it first comes out, it's more powerful on a per-molecule basis. So each molecule traps more heat than one molecule of carbon dioxide, but it breaks down. It gets kind of cleaned out of the atmosphere within about 12 to 20 years was the, the latest estimate I remember seeing. So it's a, a, a sprinter. It's not a marathon runner. goes out there, does its thing. It's powerful, but it doesn't stick around. Um, and that is important because it means you can, you can kind of turn it down. You know, you can change your behaviour in the future and turn it down like a dial, whereas carbon dioxide is like filling a bath tub that you can't take the plug out from. You know, every molecule you put in, it's in that bath doing its thing, you know, forever until a tree or something sucks it back in, or the oceans, more, mm. more likely. So that that is quite critical, um, and that's why in New Zealand we have a lot of conversations about you know, which, how much does it really matter? It's going to break down anyway. As long as we're not putting more and more and more in, maybe we should just accept the amount of warming that it's causing at the moment. Um, is is an argument that that some in the agriculture sector and some scientists actually put forward. So there's this kind of, you know, those are the physical properties of it, but there's a real philosophical argument going on about. Um, you know, should should we just keep the amount of warming that methane is causing from New Zealand at the moment steady or do we actually have an opportunity or an obligation to turn that down because it is such a big proportion of our, our impact on the planet, um, but... You know, and, and to what extent is this kind of an all-hands-to-the-pump situation, right? Like, are we in such a critical situation now that we need to be throwing everything, including trying to get methane down as much as we can? Or should we say, well, look, carbon dioxide is the big problem here. You know, we can't win, we can't win against climate change without sorting out carbon dioxide. So let's throw everything at that. And then methane can kind of come in right at the last minute and we turn it down a
0: little bit. <clears throat> and, um, in the small amount of time that we're remaining, do you have a point of view about that, Eloise?
1: Well, I try not to to be honest um I mean I think I think that both sides get it wrong, frankly, quite frequently um not everybody on each side does, um but there are certain viewpoints at the extremes of both that are wrong, so um. There's a lot of argument, for example, about methane metrics, like how we should measure it. Should we use Mm -hmm. a temperature measure, like how much it's adding to temperature, or should we just convert it into units of carbon dioxide, which is what the the international community normally does. The international community says, well, let's just average every gas out over its impact over 100 years and and take that as the figure. Um, But increasingly, we have these alternative measures that allow us to Actually, break down into degrees Celsius the impact on temperature from a particular point in time. So those are really useful too, right? Because you can say, mm. look, mm. If what we care for, what we care about is temperature, which it is. Um, you know, we can actually say what is methane? How many degrees is methane contributing, and how much should it be? Um, which is also really useful. But look, I have you know, I hear one extreme saying to me, well. Methane moves through the atmosphere, and as long as we keep it stable or slightly declining, we're not worsening the problem that our methane is causing. Mm. Um, And so because we're stuck with the carbon dioxide we've already emitted and it's warming that it's already causing, shouldn't methane be allowed to do the same thing, which means we just keep it steady at the amount of warming it's causing now isn't that fair and doesn't that mean we're not having any impact on the climate with that methane? Um, which is kind of quite, it only makes sense if you ignore the portion of methane that we're causing every day as we continue to produce it, right?
0: It's, it's kind of analogous to that old argument, well I'm beating my children just a little less.
1: Well it's it's a grandfathering argument, right? It's saying, well this, this harm is already here, um, you know, and so as long as we're not making it worse. Um, whereas the opposing argument is, of course, we should be trying to dial it down as much as we can. But when you get, that's where you get into questions about how much, and that is really hard to answer. So the government has accepted it doesn't need to go to zero. That's what's in our Zero Carbon Act is that mm-hmm. carbon and nitrous oxide need to get to zero, but methane just needs to be dialed down. But there's still huge amounts of debate about how much it should be dialed down so for me personally I'm very much in all hands to the pump person I'm like this is an absolutely pressing crisis and I don't think we can afford to not pull any levers that we have but mm-hmm. I also recognize that the questions about you know what is the least economically painful and the least socially painful way to go about pulling those levers we're still figuring that out um and I can't see us in New Zealand getting to a position where we have no cows and sheep anytime soon, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about how much is it fair to dial that impact down and what ways can we do it at least cost and with other co-benefits, for for example, waterways, um, and, you know, how much how much we do that, and that, look, that question is far beyond my powers as a journalist to answer, but I absolutely cannot wait um, to see what the Climate Comm- Commission's got to say about it next year because mm-hmm. they're thrashing all of this out right now and they're looking at the economics, they're looking at fairness, they're trying to figure out how do we measure fairness um, between different industries, um, and of course the counterpoint that I, I haven't talked about, I did say both extremes and I've only talked about one, um, but the you know the counter extreme is the methane should be priced just the same, lumped into the emissions trading scheme, and it should have to get to zero by 2050 just like everything else. So the UK is pretty keen for us to do that. Um, they've more or less said mm-hmm. to us, look, we we're, we're getting methane to zero. We've got a net zero target. Um, when I, I counted to them, well, you know, methane is a much smaller <laughs> proportion of your output than it is of ours. They say, yeah, but in quantity terms, we actually produce just as much, if not more. So the the physical amount of methane that we're going to get to net zero is really big. Um, and so don't be so wussy, basically, that's saying to us. Mm. Um, and because we're a developed country, of course, there are a whole lot of developing countries that make a lot of methane, but the pressure is not going to be on them the way it's on us to, to get on top of it. So you hear, um, you know, often people who are very supportive of methane um, carbon dioxide emitting industries not having too much of an economic hit they say why should we have to get to zero put it all in the emissions trading scheme see what's the cheapest way to get to zero and we do that and and what you see of course when when you just do a straight analysis like that is probably sheep and beef farms being planted up in pine which, as yeah. we all know, is uh, <laughs> contentious for all kinds if, of
0: social if, reasons. Their reaction has a equal and opposite reaction. Eloise, there was a very eloquent and excellent summary of the issues surrounding methane and carbon dioxide uh, and the players. So um, the last remaining question for you is, what are you looking forward to on your climate calendar t- 2021?
1: I am such a nerd, Vincent that the thing I am most excited about next year is the Climate Change Commission putting out its draft reports on the 1st of February. Um, I just, they have put so much time and effort uh, into nutting out the kind of things that we are talking about today and I think that we will have a picture of where we as a country need to go and what levers we need to pull to get there that we have frankly never had despite a lot of chit-chat mm. and, and mm. argument about reducing emissions. Super excited about that. Um, and on a, on a private note, I'll be happy in February to mark a year as being climate change editor for Stuff and having had a senior climate change reporter there as well. Um, I think the fact that we've you know we've survived a year and we're going into our second with hopefully fewer distractions from viruses and, and world meltdowns yeah. is going to be pretty cool as well.
0: Well, congratulations. You know, stuff uh, leading the way in so many areas. Uh, It's been inspirational to watch you operate, Eloise, and stuff in general, setting uh, a really high bar for journalism and and media in general. So, um, Seasons, greetings to you. Thanks for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful break. And um, we do hope to see you, hear you, in the new year.
1: Thanks so much for those kind words. Take care.
0: This Climate Business is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand.